listening. Um, like I mentioned, we would have to retain the line of conversation that the man of God started off on Sunday. Because while I listened attentively to the content of his delivery, it dawned on me that if anybody can fully understand what he was saying, the import of his message, from that moment you will begin to take a different adjustment in relating with the word of God. So I'm going to have to engage us so very well and I hope that um, all the issues and the fatigue situation in the city and the traffic will not drain you and affect your concentration that you will yet concentrate and the Lord will bless you as you do so in Jesus name. Bow your heads with me as we pray in a moment. Precious Father, this is not a lecture, it's the delivery of the delivery of the word of life. Convert every thought, every word in my lips. Let it be product of life in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, take control of my heart and spirit. Let me deliver according to your will in the name of Jesus. And your name alone will forever be glorified. As we harvest the testimonies in Jesus' name, we are prayed. Alright, if you look at the screen, it will bring to memory once again the, the profound word we heard on Sunday. And the title of the word is, Far Beyond the Call of Duty. And then the the image projected, the picture that seems to project the content of the world, you will see a list, like a checklist. You will see their best, very good, good, average, and poor. I believe those things are itemized to be able to, for you to be able to do a self-appraisal of where you are in that checklist. Currently, if you were to check your devotion, commitment, and the involvement into God's work and God's kingdom, where would you put yourself? How would you rate yourself? Would you say confidently that I am sincerely doing my very best? Or would you be able to be honest enough to say, honestly, it's not my best, but it is very good in my own understanding of self-appraisal. Or you go down. My prayer is that nobody will be in the category of poor in the name of Jesus. The, the, the minimum requirement here, I can see that it sticks on the box red, is the best. But you see, beyond that best, there seems to be another one that is not in the box. It is called what? The extraordinary. Now pay attention. You will have heard this before in the secular world that a desperate situation would always require what? A desperate approach. Am I correct here? Now meaning what is difficult would require a difficult response. So in the same vein, if your situation demands an extraordinary miracle, it's a simple mathematics and a fairness of game. If where you are right now is not a picture of what you saw 10 years ago, if where you are right now is not giving you the satisfaction and the sense of fulfillment you desire out of life, and you have done everything you know to do by way of going to school, coming to give your life to Christ, you, in fact, you are living as it were a profound holy life, relatively. You are doing all you know, and then you are still not seeing the result that is enviable enough or notable enough. Pay attention. Then something is telling you that what you are doing is not giving the result because it's a principle of garbage in, garbage out. So if you are going to experience the extraordinary, the instruction that came on Sunday is that you must be sincerely deliberate. So also take an extraordinary effort to do the extraordinary. Am I correct here? 
And then the beautiful thing about that message was that when the woman, in the context of the story that we're about to read also, when she did the extraordinary, because God is not a man that he will lie or deceive you. He also went further to give the woman not just the extraordinary, something that in her entire life cycle, she has abandoned it. She has lost faith in it. She was not able to believe that it can ever happen again. And I know there are thousands of people currently listening to me all over the world, knowing that there are some projects that you have abandoned. There are some desires and dreams and aspirations that you will never imagine can be a reality again. Because even age is discouraging you believing it can be a reality. But the woman broke the protocol doing the extraordinary and God delivered the extraordinary. You can't afford to go on life at the level of the minimum. At best you'll get the minimum results. If you go on with life with the maximum, you get a maximum result. But if you really want the extraordinary, then the honest or the responsibilities on us to also engage our lives with the extraordinary. And so we're going to stay focused on the discussion of the extraordinary so that our life can deliver the perfect picture of the extraordinary. I, I need you to please listen to me a bit here at this point. I am not an office worker. And I think I repeated this sometimes on one of the Wednesdays that I was opportunity to stand before you. I'm not a regular office worker. I walk on the streets. As in, sometimes I leave my car and I take public buses. When you are in your car, you could literally not feel the groaning and the pain and the discomfort and the despair. The poverty level, the picture will not be as clear as when you are constantly within the four walls of the comfort of your luxurious car. But when you step out of your car and enter a public bus and you pay attention to the conversation, the body language, the groaning, the pain, if you are truly a child of God, you will be compelled to ask a question. Is this how I have to continue? And so I was in that situation today. I went to a place I'd never imagined existed in Lagos. It's called Abattoir. Anybody heard of that place? Abattoir. It's, I believe it's a slaughter um, spot for all the cows and all that. Now it's a different thing looking at it from outside. But if you decide to take a walk inside the abattoir, you will literally see a community of people that you'll be asking, where are these ones going? What are they doing? They literally live with animals. Ah! I said, oh my God. This is not the picture of the paradise and the kingdom of God I ever told and I was I, I envisaged. Something is fundamentally wrong with man and God. And I know today, this evening, if we can have a clear, clear the cobweb and lethargy and laziness of our heart and latch on to this statement that the extraordinary is the formula to deliver the extraordinary results, then you will gun up yourself in strength and confidence and hope that it is time to change my narrative and my story. And so I'm going to stay with this message, but I have titled, as an extract of this message, I have titled today's message. Listen to it, listen to it. It's going to be pretty interesting. I've titled this message, A Beautiful Conversation. A Sweet Conversation. Ah, don't be preemptive. Don't think you know the direction. Just calm down and enjoy this beautiful evening. You know, in those days we call it taste by moonlight. Enjoy this beautiful evening banquet and, and beautiful feast in the house of your father. I paid an unusual, keen interest on Sunday in a very unusual way. 
on what the man of God was saying. Because if you have a problem with what the man of God is saying, then honestly speaking, the likelihood that the man of God's utterances will change your life is very slim. Because the instruction of the Bible is this. You got to believe in God and believe his prophet. The two work together. So, a man of God you do not respect and celebrate does not stand a good chance of being a blessing to you. So, every time my pastor comes up, in my own mind, he is not a man. It's a representative and a mouthpiece of God. Whatever I need God to tell me in my privacy, God can use the servant to deliver me, to save me the stress of, God, I can't hear you, I can't hear you. Which is a normal complaint, a generic complaint among believers. And so God created a structure and a system called church where you can come and listen to his instruction. So I listened attentively. And when it was done, by privilege, we, you know, usually when we close, the pastors exit the hall. And then normally we go back with the pastor's service and we pray. And then sometimes before the prayer, I'm giving you an inside the backstage secret. Tell nobody, okay? Don't share the secret with anyone. So usually after the message, we will pray. But before he would pray, sometimes for some divine providence, he will stand before us like Jesus will stand before his disciples. And he will start to share the very same message. Listen, oh, this very same message he ministered in the church. And he will start to share it from another dimension. Sometimes I almost want to be tempted to ask him, is it that this one you are telling us now, is it that you forgot it during the service? Or you were deliberate to have omitted it completely. Do you know why that happens to my thoughts? Because that which he is saying to us looks like what happened between the woman that came to meet Jesus and said to him, I know I'm a dog. Give me crumbs. And she actually got the crumbs and, and, and then she got healed. But you and I know that there will be no crumbs of bread without a real loaf of bread. So, usually when he starts to talk like that to us after Sunday, it looks like he gave you and we are eating. No, no, I didn't put all that into the sentence. No, no. We are live radio. We are live. Now, and listen to what he said on Sunday. Listen to it. It's secret. And I held on to it and it sank in my head. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me how much I have damaged my own personal life. Unknowingly, because I omitted a critical condiment recipe that is a constant guarantee. Imagine how well you cook a food and there is no salt. Saints of God, believe me, that food will not be at its best of appetites. When he was now standing and explaining the message, he said, are you aware that every life crisis, every problem in life, will continue to linger because some good people that we call helper, they are not having a conversation about that problem. Ha! Hey, get here. If you got it, you will stand up. You know, when we're in university, when you hear rev, rev, yeah, rev! Process what I've just said to you in your head. There is no prayer mountain you will go to. There is no prayer characterized church. Where at one point you will never hear a prayer. Lord, send my helper. Lord, send my helper. Anybody have heard that kind of prayer before? Because we acknowledge that when you are helpless, you need help. You need an helper. As a matter of fact, one of the most profound prayers in the Bible that God cannot turn a deaf ear to, which is one of the shortest prayers, is Lord, 
help me. If you say it, God being a good father will look in your direction. What can, the word help is very powerful. Believe me, where you are that is giving you pain and discomfort, the reason why that discomfort is there is because someone, because there is a solution somewhere. Someone with the solution has not located you. So he said to us on that meeting, he said, probably continue to linger for long because the voice of an helpers or helpers, they are not discussing it. Ah! Oh, yeah, hear me differently. Wherever you think you have gotten to today that has given you some joy, alright? Some people took a vote of confidence on your behalf without your presence, without you knowing it. And the moment he finished that sentence, he turned to me and he said it. He said, Pastor C, but he tried to go in this direction. And today, I'm heading in that direction. Because if you can get it tonight, your natural arrogance and gra-gra will start to drop and realize that, look, you have gotten to your maximum. Where you are right now, it will take, it will take a compelling voice of people who voluntarily contribute their, their voices to say it is time to help ambassador. And therefore, it troubled my thought all through what kind of what kind of topic will be sufficient and good enough and befitting to project this message. I said, no, it shall be called sweet conversation. Believe me, if they have a sweet conversation on your behalf, as we are seated in this room, somebody somewhere in America is saying, what's your name, my sister over there? You, yeah, looking by the choir lady. Precious. Imagine somewhere in America right now, someone is saying, precious. Don't you think precious needs to come over here and um, continue our education? Trust me, without the permission, without the involvement, without the knowing of precious, that singular conversation can change your entire life's narrative. So we're going to have a sweet conversation here because after this sweet conversation from tonight, wherever you go there, you are there or not there, men shall have sweet conversation on your behalf. You know some people don't enjoy sweet conversation. All they enjoy about their life is backbite, gossip, stupid boy. All they say behind you are things that drag your spirit down. And trust me, the words of men can construct some people's life. We're going to have a sweet conversation. And if you're going to enjoy the sweet conversation, we must journey back to the very story itself that where it started from. Second Kings chapter 2. And it's going to be a long read. Now, listen. Listen to this. At Grace Assembly, our mandate from heaven is that every time you're exposed to the living word here, your life will transform. Because what controls your mind ultimately controls your life. Is that correct? So, I can predict the direction of your life from the content of your mind. As a man thinketh in his heart, so he would be. So, our obligation from heaven that God gave, the mandate God gave to the man of God, the senior pastor over this house, is that go forth with the message of transformation. And then I listen attentively. Transformation, not just becoming a spiritual gymnastic or a spiritual, but cerebral transformation. Because without your mind, no matter how spiritual you are, I am still limited. So there is a combination of cerebral transformation which is natural transformation and spiritual transformation. Now, let me give you a very interesting joke here. I followed him so closely that I patterned my shoes after his shoes. Now, pay attention. All of a sudden, he changed the direction of the shoes. 
<laughs> and now I am sweating. I am constantly sweating. That I need. Now, because the concept of leadership is the language of influence. Leadership is influence. Effortlessly making people do things joyfully. Because you are a model. A role model. I want us to read 2 Kings chapter 4 this evening. And it's going to be a long read. Because I am aware that some of us are out of a busy schedule. We really don't read Bible at length. And it's only church you can make it happen. And unfortunately now, they have compressed Bible to that phone. So sometimes even when you are reading, a phone call might come in, interrupt you. I know our life is torn aside in different directions now. That it will take God's grace to stay focused. So we are going to compare you by discipline. Because our mandate is to transform your life. And transform my own life too. Now it's happened. We are having a conversation now. Now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem, Shunem where there was a notable woman and she persuaded him to eat some food. So it was as often as he passed by, he would turn into the woman's house to eat some food. Are you following me? And she said to her husband, look, I know that this is a holy man of God. I don't know how she knew, but we're going to have to follow the story. Who passes by, uh, passes by us regularly? Please, let us make a small hopper room on the wall and let us put a bed for him there and a table and a chair and a lampstand so it will be whenever he comes to us, he can turn in there. And it happened one day that he came there and he turned in to the upper room and lay down there. Then he said to Geazi, Hello. The conversation just started now. Now, sincerely speaking, from the little storyline we've just in the verses, was this, was this woman in this particular part of the script? Was she aware that at one point, all of a sudden, Prophet Elisha just called his assistant pastor Geazi? That means they started a conversation on behalf of the woman without the knowledge of the woman. The same way as you are seated there, some people are talking about you somewhere. Believe me. Even the dead, they are still talking about them. Conversation is going on on your behalf that can either construct your destiny in a clear direction or destroy you further. Ah, go and give that boy money. Eh, is that boy you want to give money? Ah, me, I'm not there. Do you know that singular statement and you are not there to defend yourself? Has changed and added to affliction. Don't take conversation lightly, particularly the ones done on your behalf. Hypocrisy is possible when I'm with you. But what I say behind you is the real definition of my perception of you. Now listen to this. The woman was not here. Oh, okay, please. Can we have the message version of this lovely conversation? Thank you. Then he said to his servant Gehazi, tell the Shunammite woman, I want to see her. He called her and she came to him. Then he said to his servant Gehazi, no, he called her and came to him. Can we move straight to the next 13, verse 13. We're going to 37. True Gehazi, Elisha said, you have gone far beyond the call of duty in taking care of us. This was after Elisha had had a discussion with Gehazi. This in itself is a message on its own. Who is speaking on your behalf can matter a lot to the outcome of your life. Now listen. 
You have gone far beyond the call of duty in taking care of us. What can we do for you? She didn't ask. She didn't look weary of a problem. She was not wearing a problem on her face. She was not looking like she had an issue. Obviously, if she had looked that way, they would not have asked. Just like someone coming to meet you. Are you okay? Do you know, in reality, if you were looking okay, that question would not have been necessary. She could see. Ah, don't let people continue to ask you such questions. Though. Behave like this woman. They are to inquire. They are to squeeze her. Do you have a request we can bring to the king or to the commander of the army? She replied, nothing. <laughs> One, I am secure and satisfied in my family. That's a very beautiful conversation, a beautiful statement. Elisha certainly was not convinced. Obviously was not convinced. Elisha conferred with Geizi. There's got to be something we can do for her. Hello. Were they under obligation to do something for her? Ah. Men will go under obligation to find a way to help you. Oh, 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 the way the man of God was preaching on Sunday, I was near tears. Because all this running around can be terminated with one conversation from the right mouth. They were not under obligation. The woman didn't even ask. They just started to have a sweet conversation. There's got to be something we can do for her. But what? So I can imagine it became a scenario of some mild argument between the senior pastor and the associate pastor. What, what, what can we do? Guys, he said, well, from my observation, no, she has no son. Now, when I read up, when pastor read on Sunday, it dawned on me that the woman was not barren. So maybe she had daughters. I know the Jewish culture, sonship is a very important thing. And that she's, they've attempted and said they abandoned it. Maybe for reason of age. But they then said that there is no boy running around here as an inheritance. <laughs> well, she has no son and her husband. Hmm. I was tired. <laughs> I was tired. You know, a husband would have done everything to give the dream of their heart to their children, but uh, they don't see it become a reality. You know, tiredness is a very strong word. You can be tired in different dimensions of life. Financial tiredness, health, health fatigue. Call her in. Again, they called her in. And said, and said Elisha, he called her and she stood, please note that one, if you are reading a hard copy Bible, note, and she stood at the open door. Go on further. Elisha said to her, this time next year you are going to be a nursing and an infant son. You are going to be nursing and infant son. Oh, my master, calm down. Holy man of God, she said, don't play games with me. Teasing me with such fantasies is just not necessary in this conversation. Go further. Duma conceived a year later, just as Elijah had said, and she had a son. That was not the end of the story. The child grew up. One day he went to his father, to his father who was working with the harvest hands, complaining, my head, my head. His father ordered the servant, carry him to his mother. <laughs> and the servant took him in his arms and carried him to his mother. He lay he lay on her lap until noon and boss with me. We, we are in a season of reward. This is a woman that just got 
a massive great reward that you will put in the context of the blessings of the Lord, make it rich and added no sorrow. Saints of God, the house of God is equipping you to realize that the enemy is a liar. A reward from the Lord that came with no sorrow, all of a sudden, eh? sorrow walked in. The devil, the thief, the destroyer stepped into a reward. It's not just getting the reward. It's also knowing the wisdom to retain the reward. The child died. Eh? The child given to who? The woman. By who? The man of God. In fact, it could have been a major reputational challenge for the ministry of the man of God. Let's go on. She took him. <laughs> Please. Read this story very well. And do you know one thing I want you to pick? I will not add it to what I'm saying. Emulate the attitude of the woman. Please, I'm begging you. She took him and laid him on the bed of the man of God. Shut him in alone and left. <laughs> what a, a, dead, a dead child on a man of God's bed? 22, please. She then called her husband. Get me a servant and a donkey. So I can go to the holy man. I'll be back as soon as I can. Can I ask a question? Did she tell the husband what happened? Why? Don't answer me. Did she look calm and together? A typical Nigerian African woman. What manner of reaction do you think you'll be seeing? Eh? In fact... If the man of God is not careful, let's go on. But, but why today? This is in that means that means she, she journeyed to the man of God's place, and the man of God started this question. But why today? This isn't a holy day. Is the oh, it was the husband that was talking here? The husband started to ask her, "Where are you going?" But where, where are you going? Today is not Sunday or Wednesday. <laughs> this isn't a holiday. It is neither what? A new moon nor a Sabbath. Maybe by their tradition, those are the times they see the man of God. And she said, don't ask questions. I just need to go right now. Trust me. The Lord will give you a trustworthy wife. You know, when you have a woman of this kind of character and attributes, it's such a man can even rest. Go further. She went ahead and saddled the donkey, holding a servant. Take the lead and go as fast as you can. I will tell you if you are going too fast. Very instructional, articulate woman. And so off she went. She came to the holy man at Mankamia. The holy man, spotting her while she was still a long way off, said to his servant Gazi. Uh, maybe Pastor, Pastor Femi called me. He says, Steve, Pastor Steve, come here. I'm not Gazi. I'm not Gazi. I won't be Gazi. <laughs> come here. Supposing now from a while, she said, says to herself, look out there. Why? It is the Shunammite woman. Um, the next verse, please. Quickly now, ask her, is something wrong? Are you alright? Your husband... Your child? What did she answer? Eh? You know this is not a Bible story. 
It's reality. How many of us in this room seated? Or will be discomforted when the fire is raging such inferno? Would you be able to tell the man of God in such a respectable manner, honorable manner, calm manner? And she said, everything is fine. Was everything fine? I know you are checking your conscience. You are checking your, ah, I would not have passed this exam if I was this woman. Okay. But when she reached the holy man at the mountain, she threw herself at his feet and held tightly to him. Gehazi rushed quickly to pull her away. But the holy man said, leave her alone. Can't you see that she is in distress? But God hasn't let me in on why. This in itself is a message. But not for tonight. I'm completely in the dark. Who was this woman talking to? Who was this woman holding her leg? Who? You need to profile who Elisha is. You remember the story of Elisha from Elijah? You know, this is the man that has like twice the power of Elijah. Yet, something this important and very life-threatening was going on under his eyes, under his watch. Yet, God chose not to reveal it. Ah! We call him Kabiosi. Can we read further now? We're running out of time quickly. Then she spoke up. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I'm trying to process and process this in my head. I can imagine, was she still lying down? Was she still holding the leg of the man of God? Now, I think she has, you know, when you are fighting in public, might then change it for you. <laughs> I think at this point, she changed it slightly. <laughs> then she spoke up. She said, come, come. Come. Pastor, come. Did I ask you for a son? Eh? I imagine what we're going to the mind of the man of God. Jamie, why should we read that by? Did I ask you for his son? Master, didn't I tell you don't tease me with false hopes? But was it a false hope? Did she not have the child? You see, if you, dis- if you disrespect a man of God, you don't have idea what they are dealing with every day. Now, imagine a pastor having like five of this woman dealing with him every day. <laughs> He ordered Gehazi, don't lose a minute. Grab my staff and run as fast as you can. If you meet anyone, don't don't even take time to greet him. If anyone greets you, <laughs> don't even answer. That in itself is tall, a very tall order <laughs> from the prophet. Lay my staff across the boy's face. The boy's mother said, as sure as God lives and you too, you live. You are not leaving me behind. <laughs> so, Gehazi let her and take the lead and followed behind. Can we please make it faster? But Gehazi arrived first <coughs> and laid the staff across the boy's face. But there was what? Hi. No sign of life. Gehazi went back and it appeared that this, this distance of going forth could not have been from 
this church to Grace Corporate, perhaps it's from here to Kadiri, Alasa. Maybe the shortest. The last case, the man went back again and said to Lester, Oga, the boy didn't respond though. <laughs> Can we read further? You know, we're enjoying Bible reading. It's Bible reading. Elisha entered the house and found the boy stretched out on the bed, on the, on the bed dead. And he went into the room and locked the door. Just the two of them in the room and prayed to God. I want to ask a simple jam question. What manner of prayer do you think Elisha prayed inside? Yeah, God bless you, sir. God bless you, sir. Mama, by ministry, don't wreck this ministry in my hands. Oh God! Do you know what he did? He locked the woman outside, locked everybody outside. That in itself is a message. There are times in your life, lock everybody outside and face the matter between you and God. Allah, my could you team you? Then he got in bed with the boy and covered him with his body, mouth, mouth, high on. No, no wonder he locked them. Because imagine the door was open and they saw him do this to the boy. Ah. <laughs> now, honestly speaking, there's loaded message here. Read this, but if I finish reading this Bible and we go home, you have gotten something. And as he was stretched out over him like that, the boy's body became what? I bring a word of joy to you. That baby that looks like it's going out of your life. That baby shall come alive in the name of Jesus. And they opened his eyes. Sir, the, the boy started. Elisha got up and paced back and forth. I can imagine a person like, God, God, time is going, hurry up. Back and forth. Then he went back and stretched himself upon the boy again. The boy started to what? Sneeze. Seven times he sneezed and opened his eyes. And he caught the eyes and said, Get the Shunammite woman in here. He called her. She came in. Elisha said, Embrace. You would embrace your testimony. Ah, this season of the world will not expire until you embrace your testimony. Can I tell you the comfort here? Look at where the story started from. Look at how I know you are also going through different turns and twists. But you know the good news this evening? You would embrace the testimony. I titled this subject a sweet conversation. That every problem in life begins to terminate when profound men are having conversation on your behalf. And I'm going to ask a little Bible story right now and ask us a question. There are different kinds of conversations people can have about you in life. A good conversation, a bad conversation, and a ugly conversation. Who can tell me, Bible scholars, anybody you can remember in the Bible that a good conversation changes life? Anybody? Joseph. What conversation changes life? A good one, a bad one, or a ugly one? Eh? The conversation that took David I and mean Joseph into the pit was it a good conversation? It was a bad conversation. Here comes the dreamer. Ladies and gentlemen, the, your current situation is also a product of somebody's bad conversation. 
He is never competent. He's not a good guy. And that singular utterance, and you were not there. That bad conversation has kept you in a state of affliction till date. You know, this season of reward, God is delivering the technique, the solution to the fulfillment of his instruction. And all you need to do is pay attention to what? The instruction. A bad conversation took place on behalf of Joseph. And from that day, the boy with the lovely colors, multiple colors of clothes, loved by his father, ended up where? In a pit. Because of a bad conversation. Who can tell me someone else who had a bad conversation and changed his life nasty? It wasn't his making. They just had a conversation on his behalf. Another conversation of Joseph. Another one, Potiphar's wife and Mr. Potiphar, they both had a discussion on behalf of Joseph. Joseph was not given opportunity for fair hearing. Hey, Minister James, you and your wife have such a common God forbid. <laughs> and that landed the boy, not because he was guilty, not because he was bad. Your current situation is not because you are a bad person. A wrong conversation just found you there. I don't know how much goes on in the prison walls. But I know that there are some people that are in that prison because of a wrong conversation. Another wrong conversation. Do you take lightly the power of conversation? Hmm. Let me give you an example of a good conversation here that changed the life of a man. Have you heard of a man called Mordecai? A man called Mordecai. A security guard. In the security post, and a kingly conversation. Hello, hello, friends. A kingly conversation will go on your behalf tonight. The Bible told us that the king could not sleep because there was a conversation that must change a man's story. What shall be done to a man that has done this and was never rewarded? That was not rewarded. I know we are in the season of reward. Conversation delivers reward. Now, friends, don't act like a child under this kind of influence of the Holy Ghost here. Every negative conversation right now that has trapped you in a place that God has not ordained, in this service tonight, heaven will break you loose. Mordecai enjoyed a fantastic conversation and from an ordinary gate man, became a prominent man. That conversation. Yes, sir. Can I say one prayer? I realize now that Joseph is like us the beloved of the Lord. There's a promise over your life. The first conversation took him down. The second conversation took him even deeper. But there was one conversation that cancelled all the previous conversations. My prayer is may the Lord cause that sweet conversation that will cancel all the negative conversations that have held us back, have tormented us, have made us cry and sweat the right conversation will cancel out all the venom of all the previous negative and evil conversations this season in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let me ask you a question. What was the offense of Job? The young man just sat down here on earth and spiritual conversation was going on on his behalf. Some people sleep in their room and people are making conversation in different places. Demonic conversations going in different places. 
If you can come alive tonight and understand that, if you can grab this message and you take the prayer pastor prayed tonight, which the entire heartbeat, that every wrong conversation by his declaration that has trapped my life will be cancelled tonight. The man didn't do anything. Lucifer, jobless Satan, just came for the meeting. And the, the Lord said, Have you considered my servant, Job? And that singular conversation messed up his life for almost another 20 years minimum. Conversation. But the focus of today is sweet conversation. Let me show you someone that enjoyed a lovely, sweet conversation again. His name is called Murphy Bushets. Anybody heard of that name before? And the Bible told us that David sat on the banquet table. And you know one thing I observe about this conversation that is sweet? It comes with reward. He said, is there anybody in the house of... Ah, Is there anybody in the house of Jonathan that I have not blessed? Do you know how many people that are holding out your reward? Because the conversation has not started, they've not released it. Saints of God, sweet conversations are commenced from tonight over your life. But on the following conditions, pay attention to the three conditions. Just three, and I'll be done. We're meant to close for 7:30. And I want you to go meditating. And in Kenitoban Soromilaida, all no more. That's it. You have, you have not met me and you have formed an opinion about me. You have not, you don't know me and you are describing me. You have not lived with me before and you are acting like you know me. Don't wreck my life with your wrong allusions. Don't keep me in bondage because of assumptions. You are not me. Stop it. One mistake is not my definition. Don't define my life by one mistake and Johnny and the rest of my life by one singular mistake. It is wrong of you to say that in public. Don't go to that church. Don't, have you been to that church? Okay, for example, if a first time I enter this church this evening, would it judge us by just this one message? No. We have preached many messages in many years past. Don't judge me by one singular act. Three things that will position you for a sweet conversation in life. Number one, a heart for God. Now listen to this good truth. In the book, of, in the scripture, let me give you Proverbs 23, 26. Proverbs 23, 26. But what they are trying to bring down, let me flip a very interesting story from Acts of Apostles chapter 13, verse 22. Let's see what Proverbs 23, 26. Say, my son, referring to you and I, my son, give me what? Your heart. And let what? Your eyes observe my ways. Leave it there. So, the starting point to enjoy sweet conversation is hand over your heart to God. Now, one of the reasons is because it is easy for the heart out of bitterness and rage. You know, if you hate your father, you are likely to repeat his mistake because it is born out of rage and vengeance. But if you hand over your heart to God, you know what God will do to your heart? He will weed out all the things that can repel sweet conversation. I read it in Psalm 24. They, 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 they gave the gate an instruction. He said, open the gate. Open the gate. Oh, you gate. The gate said, who is there that I'm supposed to open the gate to? He said, let me tell you who I am. I'm a man with a pure heart. A heart for God. We position you for a sweet conversation. 
You can't abhor wickedness. You can't abhor rage. You can't abhor malice. You can't abhor bad conversation about someone also. Even you, you talk bad about someone. And do you expect someone to talk good about you? Ah! But it will take a heart that has been given to God to be free of these vices that can prevent a sweet conversation. If you don't know what to say about someone, shut your mouth. Nobody can quote silence. Shut your mouth. But you can't do it in the natural power. You need to hand over your heart to God. For example, there's a man that you all know his story very well. His name is David. Remember David? David is so powerful that God described him in Acts of Apostles chapter 13 verse 22. He said, I have found David, a man after my heart. Go and read the story in Samuel, for Samuel. That was when God was done with what we saw. God and Samuel, they had a conversation about Saul. And the conversation ended the story of Saul. And the first thing God said to Samuel as a qualification for a sweet conversation was that David was a man after his heart. You cannot have a heart for God and not love God. Impossible. All this hypocrisy and management of your, your thinking pattern. If your heart is devoted in God, you will love him. If you love him, you will obey him. So sweet conversation. Jeremiah 17 verse 10. That talks about the heart once again. Jeremiah 17 10. We're talking about the things you need to do. Three things you need to do that will position you for what? Sweet conversation. How the Lord searches the heart. Is it in your Bible? So as I'm talking, God is searching what you're thinking. I test the mind. And sometimes if you're a Bible scholar, the heart and the mind, they're about two different entities. Someone say, I love God, but I can't obey him. I've heard it before. When they battle long gone. But my wife's church, any problem? I understand what you're saying. You are just one heart and one mind. You are different people. Bipolar. He said, I, I test the mind even to give every man what? Can you see the word there? Sweet conversation as a result of a good heart. Be a David tonight. That you will be positioned. One of the most mesmerizing stories about David that I don't know if too many people in this room, apart from our senior pastor, will pass. I don't know if anybody in this room will pass that test. Minister Collins, imagine a man called Saul, well aware that God had ordained you as king to take over. And the man made up his mind that I have a You know what that means? Rather than, rather than watching you become king in my lifetime, I will kill you. And David was aware. And one day, the very king saw entered the place David was hiding. He had every opportunity to take vengeance on his enemy. You and I know if you are in David's shoe, you will not hesitate to finish Saul because that is, if you are going to some arranging church, it's where they tell you, kill your enemy, kill your enemy, kill your enemy. That message will erupt out of your mind. And you, because he had always been your enemy and he was not hiding it, you will kill him. And let me, let me tell you the truth. You will never become king. It is God's battle. Let him fight. Would you have passed that exam with the state of your heart right now? Your heart for God. Number two thing that can position you for an excellence. And if you study this, the, the story we read, you will agree that that woman has a heart for God. She was not under obligation to prepare anything for the servant of God. There was no reason to. But her heart is different. 
She's such a great woman that her husband is at peace, even with her decisions. May the Lord give the men that are normal in the house a woman like that as a wife. Number two, apply your gift in life and your giving. There are two things that I'm explaining here. Number two things that will position you for what? Sweet conversation. Apply your gift and your giving. You remember the scripture that told us that the gift of a man. People will usually not remember you for the things you have said. People will not sometimes remember you that you came. But it is very rare for people not to for, for people to forget a natural giver. Yes. Oh, you want to disagree with me? No, 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 no. If you are a consistent giver to a person, that human being will never forgive you. I mean, forget you. So one of the reasons why some conversation is not sweet on your behalf is that you should check your stinginess level. Eh? It is not attracting sweet conversation. I'm not the writer of the Bible. He said the gift of a man will make a way nobody forgets a giver. When they are speaking evil of a giver, somebody who have received from him will defend him. I've seen it happen several no, no, no. Don't say about that man. Don't talk about that man. That man is very good though. People are talking about you every day. What are they saying? The reason why they don't even know you are there is that you are not a gift. There is no record of you giving to anybody. Listen to this. I've seen parents do everything to take care of their children. And I've seen them at the end of the day. Their children, they never benefit from them. But I have seen parents who took care of their biological children and they took care of another child. There's something called another child. And I have experienced it in my lifetime. That often times are known that other child is usually more loyal to the father than his own children. Ah, Baba, I don't touch me. Baba, I don't know, you know what? A giver. The woman gave. Even when she didn't ask for a need, the prophet didn't have a choice than to return it. Can you expand your giving capacity and you see a sweet conversation take place on your behalf? Now, you remember the story. Of a woman I will never forget. His name happens to be Dorcas. Remember the story of Dorcas? Anybody know Dorcas in the Act of Apostle? Bible said Dorcas died. Dead, dead. He couldn't fight for himself. He could not resurrect himself. You know what they did? The people that, the people remembered her. I said this woman cannot afford to die, yo. In other words, swift conversation can even take place to resuscitate the impossible in your life. They said no, she can't die. And when they started to give reasons why she can't die, they started to bring out cardigans, tunics, the things she did, not the things she said. For tonight, you can forget everything I've said. It's very possible. Because all throughout the year, we will preach. But if I, after this service, and you walked up and said, Pastor, so, so, and so, 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 and so, so, and then by his grace, I was able to deliver, you will not forget me in a hurry. Dorcas was raised back to life. Because of what? She was a giver and giving. Maybe I should remind you on that one in case you are forgetting. There is a man called Cornelius. Remember Cornelius? Cornelius in the normal standard of, uh, he was not a Christian, no, you know, he was not, but in a notable manner, heaven broke all protocols. The first man that ever got baptized in the Holy Ghost without first accepting Christ. And when they were reading his profile, he was a giver and a giver and a giver. This stinginess will not take you far. 
this stinginess, this until I have before I give is a wrong poverty mentality because you are always having. The Lord will give us sweet conversation from tonight. Lastly, what position you for a sweet conversation? Be in a living and active community. You know what that means? The greatest way to be lost in life is isolation to catch up with you. I don't go to people's wedding. I don't go to people's uh, naming. I don't go, oh, you don't mingle with people. Those people that you are not mingling with, they will be the source of your conversation. Listen to this. They will do something on the group. The group, you know, Grace Assembly, we have a group. You have never registered your voice once. All right? Nobody will remember you. Let's talk about you. You are too invincible for reference. You are in a church. Nobody knows you in any department. Nobody recall. In fact, if you are not in church for six months, nobody will be aware. It is not that they don't love you, but you are too invincible. Why are you in isolation? Why are you always using some strange end time philosophy to organize your thoughts? So I want to be self-absorbed. It doesn't matter what you think about. You know, I've heard all this not funny, funny, you know, all these quotes, motivational quotes. It doesn't matter what you think about me, me and myself, me, me, myself. And you are me, me, myself. You will mean yourself into extinction. Honestly, I can tell you frankly, the woman with the alabaster, which was also a reference on Sunday, believe me, that singular alabaster gave her a memorial in the scripture. She joined a community. Join the community. In your estate, join the ESCO. Join community. Community voices can help you. The day they don't see you in ESCO meeting, they will look for you. You are in church, no department, nobody. You see, you know the church is massive. The only way you can make yourself visible is to contribute. Am I correct? And when you contribute, when something goes wrong with you, a whisper, a conversation will start on your behalf. These are elementary common sense truths that can sustain your greatness in life. You know, I learned my own lessons in a very hard way in life. Very hard, painful way. That if I had heard this message years ago, things would have gone differently for me. You don't know how to manage crisis. You don't know how to manage relationship. You don't know how to cut when they give you a loaf of bread. This is how you do it. You don't know how to lose it. You are just not calm and together to resolve issues. Saints of God, you can't afford to be alone. Somebody must speak about you. And they will only speak about you when you are in the community. You are in the community of this great church. And we have different structures and systems working simultaneously. Uh, Grace Corporate, uh, Grace Coral, everywhere. I can tell you free of charge. If you are single and you don't mingle, you remain single forever. The pathway to be married requires you to what? Mingle. Because it is somebody that will talk and say, Oh, the baby. Wow. Then you now hear the person say, Whoa. Conversation has started. Sweet conversation. God bless you. Sense of God in closing. If you read the book of Luke, chapter 4, the NIV version, Luke chapter 4, verse 22, the New International Version. Listen to what they said about Jesus here. New International Version of Luke 24, 22. The NIV. All spoke well of who? Until you attain this level. That the majority of people can speak well. You know it's possible. No, really, you are not out to please anybody. But live your life. You know the way the scripture says, let your light so shine. 
that men will see the good works. Because it is that good work that we see that we form the sweet conversation. And all spoke well of him. And we are amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph? The son, they asked. A sweet conversation. God bless us tonight. My prayer that as you step out of this auditorium, sweet conversation will go on on your behalf. Sweet conversation will go on in your office. Sweet conversation will go on in your family. Sweet conversation will take place from abroad. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Every negative conversation that is bringing you down, every ugly conversation that is printing you down, in the declaration of the man of God tonight, ever we cancel it in the name of Jesus. The Bible said every handwriting of ordinance is written against you. We cancel them all. And from this moment, men will speak good of us. Men will speak good of our church. Men will speak good of your department. Men will speak good of your children. Men will speak good of your husband. Men will speak good of your wife. If be that prayer said, but I am man. Amen. Give Jesus a big hand of praise if you have been blessed tonight. Exactly 7.30.